Miller, and I am your host of Pure Fire Creatives. I'm happy to have Naima Dozier here today, and she is the owner and creative mind behind Fearless Threads Handbags and Accessories. She started the brand in 2011 after receiving a gift box of African fabric from a friend, and she is a lover of all things textile, art, craft, and food. And Welcome to the show, Naima. Thank you for having me, Raquel. It's nice to be here. Hi, everybody. It is my distinct pleasure to have you here. <laughs> um, I really am pleased to have you here. I, it, it is <laughs> always a joy to to talk to somebody that I like. Uh, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know I generally like people, but it is always extra special when it's somebody that I will go out and have a, a alcoholic milkshake with. Well, I think from day one, we realized we were kindred spirits, so. Right, we, yes. Know, we, at some point, we realized we belong together, so. To heck with your husband, you're mine. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, okay. You can have her. <laughs> be like, please take her. <laughs> All right, so let's um, ask you a few questions. Um, can you tell me a little bit about where you started and how you got to where you are now? So I, it's so funny. This is year nine for me. And I literally started out of the back seat of a convertible Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I started making accessories on a whim because the, my friend who bought me the fabric asked me to make her something. And that kind of led to other people asking them, people want to pay for this I like to sew let's I like to design let's see if we can make something happen so nine years ago in May I packed up my little beetle and I went to Fenton Street Market and I, I literally had one of everything because I was broke and this is how my one of a kind came about uh -huh. I did not at the time have enough fabric to create multiples Mm -hmm. So then I created this air of exclusivity. And I said, you're going to be the only one with that. There's only one of those. You better get it now because once it's gone, it's gone. And it stuck. Mm -hmm. And it became that, the, the one of a kind and, and the mixed printing, I love to mix textile prints, became my calling card. Your stuff is beautiful. Thank you. It really I'm is. I'm wearing earrings today. It, it, they're, they're lovely. Like, I, I love that little bag that I got from you. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I, I love that thing. Like, it is, it is <laughs> clever and beautiful. Just a joy to, to carry around. Most of my designs come about because it's something that I want to make, and mm -hmm. I make it, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if other people will like this. So. Yep. And sort of like realizing like, oh gosh, I'm, there can't just be me that wants this. Exactly. <laughs> it's what I do. And then you have to go out and you find your people. Yeah, I, I, you find your tribe. Um, yep. And then once you get that tribe, they keep coming back. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's been a little bit tricky because I'm so used to being out and doing events and doing pop-ups and then COVID came and my whole brand switched to mask making, mm -hmm. which I started to give away. I, I had no intention of selling them in the beginning mm -hmm. because everybody had this, this great concern for 
healthcare workers, but I would go, go to the giant and this was before they decided to put up barriers and partitions and I would feel so bad at the post office. I'm like, these girls are literally getting spit on, you right. know, not intentionally, but right, right. Just and so I like would, talking. Mm-hmm. Right. I would put five or six in my purse every time I had to go to the store. And if somebody commented, I'd be like, here, have one. Oh my gosh, how you nice know? is that? Yeah. So so that's how this whole mask making thing came. Uh-huh. And then I got a request for a bulk order. She wanted uh-huh. 300 and I was oh, like, oh, wow. Can I make 300? So I have to charge for the 300. Right. But her 300 paid for all of those free ones that I was able to give away. So. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. That's fabulous. Well, you must have made so many people's day. Like. <laughs> it's funny because I, I go to the post office and, and the, the ladies, they're like, oh, it's the mask girl. <laughs> You're like a superhero now. I'm a superhero. <laughs> it's the mask girl. Like, yeah, the, hello, everybody. I'm the mask girl. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so let me ask you, what is the best advice you have ever gotten? Ooh, the best advice I would have to say is I fell into a lull for a while and I wasn't feeling creative and I didn't want to make anything and I thought about closing my brand and somebody I don't I I can't even remember who it was right now but they said to me you have to remember everybody is not for you and you are not for everybody so if people aren't loving you right now it just means that they aren't your people (laughs) you know and then I had another friend who also makes goods and she said don't ever sell yourself cheap because goods don't rot. <laughs> you can oh. sit those goods on the shelf and you can roll them out again next year and you mm-hmm. can roll them out again the year after that. And at some point, somebody will buy it. So those are my two best pieces of business advice. That's rule number one. Don't undervalue yeah. yourself and just remember that everybody is not going to like you and to not take it personally. Yeah. Actually, how I kind of got around that for myself Um was realizing I don't like everybody's work. Exactly. You know, and it's like, so how could I expect somebody else to to act any differently? Yeah. So let me ask you, what are three things creatives can do today to improve their visibility? <laughs> That's hard. That is hard in the day of COVID because I know most of us are a little camera shy. You know, Mm -hmm. we'd rather create than be the face of the brand. So um, as sad as it is, I think our number one thing is social media. We have to, we have to keep putting ourselves out there on social media. We have to keep, and I am, am reinforcing this within myself because I'm horrible at it, but um, it has become a necessary tool for us. Um, I know, um, at some point, I will figure out how to do sewing tutorial videos, you know, but yep. right now I'm still in the phase where I'm like, I don't want to be in front of the camera. I got to get my nails done. I got to put my face on every day. I got to comb my hair. Um, and then the second thing I, I think is things like going on, on podcasts or just doing that 10 minute, you know, spot. We have to, I think it's so hard now because we have to invest so much more. Um, so maybe promote your ad on Facebook or 
maybe maybe buy a little ad on Instagram or do a little quick live on it. Do a quick little live sell or live paint on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third thing I think is just keep at it because at some point COVID will be over. Right. I don't know what the landscape of doing festivals and pop-ups and things, art shows will be like at the end of this. Yeah, I, I just, I, I feel at some point we'll be back. I just don't know what it will look like from a crafter standpoint. Um, I actually, before COVID, had joined a committee to put together a festival. Um, and they, I, I had to tell them, they were like, well, maybe we could do it for spring. And mind you, none of these people are makers. And I said, nobody's going to feel comfortable in April doing a, a festival yet. It's right. just not feasible, especially with you, with the way they have set up in the past. We're right on top of each other. There's not a lot of space. I don't think anybody's going to feel comfortable with that for a while. So you may mm-hmm. need to rethink the structure of this, this whole market thing. And you can't have... 41 vendors you're going to have to cut your vendor list in half and maybe charge Mm -hmm. a little more and people who are really interested will will do it so let me ask you do you think that that visibility do you think it's different for men and women or do you think social media is the great equalizer i think right now social media is kind of a great equalizer because we all have access to the same people Um, How we get those people and how we get those followers is different. Um, I I also also think that when we were able to do it in person, women were more visible. You know, you would go to these craft shows and you would very rarely see men unless they were the husband there to help the wife set up. Mm -hmm. So I think men are right now getting a little better chance to to show their creativity. There is Mm -hmm. a group... um, well, the gentleman, uh, Luther Wright, who is doing all of the murals in D.C., he's doing mm-hmm, the mural mm-hmm. project, and I have been following him for a very long time, and I think that, and it's a collection of them, they're, they're men and women, and I think they've always done a wonderful job, so it's really proud. I'm like, oh my God, I met him when, you know, uh-huh. um, but I think in certain, I don't know if it's in certain mediums, men are, are more visible. But um, I think right now it's, it's pretty equal. Um, coming from a fashion world, I can't really say. Being into this fashion world, a mm-hmm. lot of younger designers are women now, mm-hmm. whereas um, as a student of fashion, you know, coming through school, you had your Paco Rabanne and your, your Karl Lagerfeld and your even, even modern day, you had Ralph Lauren and Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin mm-hmm. Klein. And now I'm seeing more and more men getting into the design field, which I think is wonderful because I don't do men's stuff. Somebody mm-hmm. needs stuff to, to make for them. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> I think it really depends on, on what, your, what your medium is. Did you like the onesie craze for men? No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Just, okay, we can still be friends. Actually, I can see it because of the... <laughs> Because of the comfort of it, I just would not want a man that I know to wear one out, out in public. You can wear it in the house. It might be a little sexy in the house. But 
I don't want you to meet me for brunch in a shorts onesie because I, I think of like coveralls and flight suits and things like that. Yeah. Kind of hot and kind of yeah. Hot. But just well, like, I think it just reminds me of the first sewing project I ever did, and I was like a fourteen-year-old <laughs> girl, and uh, and so so it just it just smacks of that to me, like like uh, like fourteen-year-old me. Yeah, fourteen-year-old <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, teenage I don't me even know what made me think of that. Because then teenage me would be like, oh my God, we can make matching ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love you. Um, Adult me is like, meh. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have, I'm going to say contemporary, a favorite contemporary female maker? So it doesn't have to be an artist, but somebody like a favorite contemporary. That's hard. Um, I have always been, and which it, which bothers me and shows my age a little bit. I've always been a student of fashion and fashion history. Mm -hmm. um, and one of my, two of my ultimate favorite women designers are Carolina Herrera and Diane von Furstenberg, because they both, to me, I love the simplicity and timelessness and classicless classicness of both of them. And then I like uh, Diane von Furstenberg as a business mind, you know, and she's created this fashion academy and she runs the Council of Fashion Designers and she's just the epitome of, of and for heaven's sake, she's a countess or something. So, I mean, you know. She so, doesn't even have to work, right? She doesn't even have to work. <laughs> and she's created this iconic wrap dress. You know, she's right. the inventor mm -hmm. of the wrap dress. And then another designer that I've always appreciated, um, well, actually designer and makeup artist is, I've always loved Tracy Reese. To me, as a little black kid in fashion school, she was who I wanted to be. She was everything. And, you know, she's had her stops and starts. And I love Pat McGrath just because, you know, as far as makeup goes, she has been quietly, but she heard Bobby Brown to me have been quietly behind the scenes for so long. Mm -hmm. and now people are just starting to realize who these great women are. Mm -hmm. you know? So on the fashion side of things, there's just, I mean, the possibilities are endless. But if I had to pick a top, those would be my top. Is there an artistic practice that is separate from your business? I crochet. Mm -hmm. And I have been collecting squares of every single fabric that I've ever owned. And this is 11 years worth of squares. Oh my gosh. Uh -huh. At some point, I would like to put them all into a big wall hanging quilt. Oh, um, I have not quilted in a very long time. Um, I, that's actually how I got my start with the whole pattern mixing. I tried to be mm -hmm. a quilter. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really a lot of work to make a quilt. And people do not, when you get back to the value question, people do not realize how much time and effort and painstaking work goes into making mm -hmm. So I, I quit. And I only yeah. made baby quilts. And I was like, yeah, I can't do this. Um, I think I was charging something ridiculous, like $60 oh, and it wow. would take yeah. me like three weeks to do put these little tiny pieces together. So yeah, quilts were out, but, yeah. um, I crochet, I just started some poor painting, which comes out looking like marble, which I think is awesome. So it, it, I'll try any craft. Um, mm -hmm. 
Some of them I like. I hated knitting. I couldn't figure out a knit from a purl. It drove me crazy. But yeah, I mean, I like to cook. Mm -hmm. A little known secret. I like to cook. I love to make candy, which is Uh weird because I don't want to eat it. I just want to make it. Um, Right now, I find that because we've had to spend so much time in the house, I've been making a lot of clothes. And a lot of people don't realize Mm -hmm. that I do make clothes. Mm-hmm. Because when I started my brand, I wanted to keep clothes for me. I wanted to have something a little special mm-hmm. that I would not share with the rest of the world. So the clothes part would be my little secret. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start when I started to make the mask, I started cleaning out my scraps and I found all these wonderful fabrics. And I'm like, huh, I'm going to make a whole 2021 wardrobe. <laughs> Because we're not going anywhere. How, how far are you in? How many pieces have you made? Oh, gosh. I've made four tops. I made uh-huh. a, a shirt dress. Um, so I, I, I do it in stages. So I cut everything out. And then when I'm in the mood to sew, I go pick a project out of my my basket and, and mm-hmm. I work on that. So that's where I am now. So it's really given me a chance to get more creative with other things other than my brand. And I really, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows at some, some point I might retire and actually make clothes for people. So. Yeah. Oh, I think, I think it's lovely. Like I, I always wish that like, I knew, like I, I can do rudimentary sewing. Like I, like, like I, <laughs> no designer is ever going to be threatened by my skill set. And, um, <laughs> but I wish like there are things that I'll see and I'll be like, Ooh, only I could, you know, make. Yeah, I can probably recreate them. I actually, um, which I do maybe once or twice a year, I have a friend, like somebody will ask me, give me something and say, can I turn this into something else? So a couple times a year, I'll do that. So let me ask you, is there anything that I haven't asked you, but I should have asked you? I don't know. That's such a loaded question between us. Isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I get inspired. Actually, textiles inspire me. Um, So I can have fabric sitting on my shelf for years. And then one day I'll look at him like, you should become a dress. Or you, so I'm, I'm very inspired by textile in color. Mm-hmm. I don't wear mm-hmm. a lot of color, which is hilarious. Um, uh-huh. I don't wear a lot of color because early on I decided that I didn't ever want to clash with my products. So I always wear black. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's um, very smart. Yeah. I'd always wear black. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of, I can make magic with different colors and different prints. Mm-hmm. And um, it probably goes back to that whole learning to quilt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because it took me so long to realize that you could mix two patterns together. I'm like, but it doesn't go together. My mother's like, it, it does. She's like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. just, as long as you don't to put two really huge patterns together. So it took a while mm-hmm. when I got there. Now mm-hmm. I can Tell me where uh, we can find you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Fearless Threads. Um, on Facebook, I am Love Fearless Threads. And I just launched a brand new website, which is lovefearlessthreads.com. Um, on the website, 10% of our proceeds are going to go to a charity that is helping Black Lives. And that is for the duration of this website. That is not a one-time thing. 
Um, so if you know of any charities that could benefit, please let me know. Um, we do custom work, so you can send me a message on the website if you, if you want something custom. Well, thank you so much for spending this time chatting with me and telling me about all that you do. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You're always I'm magic. I'm toast you with water. Uh, I'm, I'll toast you with my leftover morning coffee. There we go. Thank <laughs> um, And when the world woke, opens back up, we owe each other a milkshake. <laughs> we sure do. We sure do. That is going to be top of my list in yes, all honesty. Yes, we will get our milkshakes in. <laughs>